On last week's episode, my friend Ginny shared some advice on building strong, trusting relationships with our husbands. This week, we're hearing the second part of that interview, talking about raising children to love Christ and His Word. I'm Tina. I'm a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy, and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we're going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. If you haven't listened to last week's episode with Ginny, I'd highly encourage you to go back and listen. I asked her to be on the podcast because she shared some valuable wisdom with me shortly before I married Josh. The interview was too good to not share, but too long to share in just one episode. So here is the second part of that interview on raising children who trust you and deeply love God and his word. if your commitment to speak well of Jason overflows into raising your kids as well? Just So I've seen it go from me just talking to Jason to me talking to my kids or me talking to my mom or me talking about other people. It's, it's a good principle that I took then and applied it to, especially my kids, speaking well of them, speaking well to them. Um, I don't want them to not trust me either. I want their little hearts to rest assured that when they make mistakes in front of me, I'm not going to hold that over them. I'm not going to keep bringing it up. I want to be able to take them to the cross and teach them to take their sin to the cross, to confess it and to leave it there, knowing that the cross is big enough to cover all the sin and then walk. Mom's not going to bring that up again. And mom's not going to tell her friends and mom's not going to make it a prayer request at church. Mom is going to hold that. Mom's going to pray for that. And mom's going to be trustworthy with that. I want that more than anything, especially as years grow older. They, they trust. And then in turn, they trust their Heavenly Father. Oh, I really love how you said that as a family, you encourage each other to take your sin to the cross. That's such a great picture of how Christ wants to help us and wants us to ask him for help. It's advice that somebody had given me not that long ago, and I have used it more than anything else in my parenting, teaching my kids and teaching myself that the cross is big enough. And I want to encourage you, especially as your boys grow up, if you build this relationship with them where you're your kids can come to you and say, mom, I've sinned in this way and I don't know what to do. The very first thing that I have trained myself to say to them is, do you know what the wonderful news about your sin is? The wonderful news is the cross is bigger than your sin. And so before we break down that sin and before we talk about consequence or how to deal with it, first we talk about the glorious forgiveness and grace that is found at the cross. And if I can lead them to that and you can lead your boys to that, it frees them up because one of the biggest struggles that I grew up with is what if we were told don't sin and don't do these things and don't do these things but there wasn't a lot of teaching or room for what if I've already done it? How do, how do you 
you know, we, we want our girls to be pure and we want them to save themselves from marriage, but what if they don't? And um, I don't want my kids to open up the computer and look at pornography. I don't want them swearing, but what if they do? How do I deal with those things and how do I teach them to deal with their sin in a right manner? It's been a growing thing for me and I found great amounts of grace and, and help in that advice that somebody else is kind enough to pass on to me. We had friends in a Bible study when we lived in Michigan and um, there was this one group time where one of my friends mentioned how I had to apologize to my kids again for and then I don't even know what she said after that because I was just so floored at apologizing to your kids and and I was confused I'm like but you know like I, I just had never really thought through that much I mean our oldest was only I don't know maybe six months old you know so it we, we weren't dealing with a lot of that kind of stuff. I guess the where I'm going is um, what other ways have you been intentional in your home? It sounds like you have been intentional in displaying the need for forgiveness. I have been intentional about sharing my own struggles with my kids because it is. It's a constant daily struggle and I don't want them to think that I don't. I don't want them to think that I have arrived. I want them to know because someday they're going to be my age and they're going to be where I am. I want them to know that I still depend on the gospel and grace every single day. Currently, what we're working on right now is intentionally being in the word. And so I am doing a, with several of my friends, a rapid uh, Bible reading challenge. So we're going through the Bible in the nine months that we're homeschooling uh, the school year and for a while I was just doing it on my own and then I um, started having the kids join me uh, they can just click on the app and it can play that play the half an hour bible reading to them while they they're usually cleaning their rooms or whatever before they go to bed and so that has been um, something that I haven't done very well at and I'm trying to do better at helping them get into the word I've always taught them bible verses and taught them bible classes and it's good. It's good to know, but I also want them to know how to read it, especially as I grow older and see my great need for being in the Word. How oh, the Word changes me because I can do and do and do and follow rules all day long, but what ultimately changes me is how the Holy Spirit through His Word. And so, right now we're there where even the little one has learned to read, and so we read through the Psalms together, or we play it on, on the, you know, technology is fantastic because it's a lot of reading. It's hard to ask a kid to read six chapters of the Old Testament. It's easier to have them click a play button. And, but what I love is that the next morning we're talking about it. And right now we're in First Samuel. And so the stories are, they're historic, they're interesting, they're easy to follow along. And so it's been really fun to get them into that habit and I've been amazed at how they have picked up on that on their own and it keeps me in the word because I want to be right with them and I don't want them to you know I don't want to not know what they're talking about and I want them to follow along it's taken me a long time to make that intentional it's hard I don't know I was uncertain for a long time how to help my kids be in the word of God because that's a hard thing when they're little 
I didn't want to make it something that they had to do, but I also want it to be something they have to do. So this this school year, we're actually we're just reading through the New Testament. Okay. Taking a couple of chapters a day, and well, we're actually kind of slow because some of these um, gospels are kind of long chapters. Yes. So yes, no, I love that, and I I did that with our kids a couple of years ago. We went through Matthew or Luke, and then Acts. But I did the same. I just read until I knew that they were done listening. And as a mom, you know, that point, Mm -hmm. and I tried very hard to ignore everything that is OCD in me wants to read the whole chapter, but I tried very hard to just ignore the chapters and the verses and read until they were done. And my ultimate goal was to get them into the word. I'm a big fan of Christian living books and good books, but I also really, really want them to base their Christian living on God's word. They're gonna they're gonna leave my home no longer obliged to, to do all the things that I have, you know, asked of them. <laughs> um, but I hope that they leave with a heart that is heavy and full of the word of God leading them because I can set them on a path and my rules may work for my home, but God's word will work in their hearts much longer than my rules will. Yeah, I, I can see that too. My temptation to, again, feel like I have some sort of say or control having rules, which, like you said, are based off of opinion and preferences. I see those as they're measurable, you know? Like, I can't measure your heart response exactly. Like, I can if you obey immediately and... Um, thoroughly or you know if you if you do everything that I say and and I mean growing up I I knew what the rules were and I can stay within those boundaries I can follow those rules you know like like just tell me what to do I'll just do that and then I'll feel good you know like uh, it'll be good but um, yeah like it you can get so caught up in doing the right things and and totally missing the heart behind it and um and with your bible reading that's i mean you're in a way you're making it a an action like every night we're going to listen to this and and so it's it is kind of like a rule or you know an expectation that this is what we're doing but it's one that's it's biblically based and and it's hoping to create that habit, that heart change, that life change. And we know, you know, the Bible is a, it is living and active, and uh, and when it promises, you know, to be um, to light our path and to lead our way, and it is profitable to them to be in the Word of God. Do you see your your kids then falling along with? with even just your intentional speech, like, do you see them mirroring that? Um, how has that really played out with them? I am beginning to see some of it stick, um, especially with the, the speaking well of each other. That is something that we talk about often. Um, my kids have way more outlets to communicate than I ever had growing up. And if I, I have told them, if you have a problem with me, come to me. Let's talk about it. If you have a problem with your siblings, let's talk about it. But that doesn't need to go on the cousin's Facebook chat or whatever. 
um, we, we need to protect each other and protect each other well and love each other well. It is something we pray every single morning. We would love each other well and that we would share the gospel by loving each other well. And it's also, I, I see it, but it's also a constant daily choice that we make. And one of that it plays out in our home and one of the things that I learned from my mother is pray. Pray with them. And it started when my kids were really little and we would go to Walmart. And when my son was really small, he was, he just did everything wrong. It wasn't even like an intentional naughtiness. It's just that all of his life choices were the wrong choice. And so when he was three and four, taking him to Walmart or taking him grocery shopping was just challenging. And so we started praying for everything. We prayed when we got in the car that we would have good attitudes while we were driving and God would keep us safe. And we prayed when we got to Walmart before we went in and we prayed when we got to church. And it was hard for me at first to be humble enough to say, Lord, I can't even take these kids into Walmart without your everlasting grace and presence. But it became a habit for us to pray over everything. And when I verbalized it and I said it out loud, then at the end, we could give thanks because they knew that I was, and I could say, God provided what we were looking for. God, look, God gave us enough money for the groceries or whatever. And so even now, um, and we need to do better at this, especially with our older kids. So my husband and I are very intentional about praying with the kids about all of the things. So um, that helps because they know what it is I'm begging God for them. And I try not to make it long and I try not to make it overly boring, but we start our days by praying that God would help us love each other well and praying that God would help us protect our family and, you know, praying that God will bring Jason back safely and that God will bless the labor of his hands. And it is one of my most delightful moments to focus my day because by the time we get up and get everybody fed and get the chores done and get into the schoolroom, I'm not always the most gracious person <laughs> when I sit down at my desk. And so they need to hear me cry out for help and they need to hear the direction that we want our family to go. And so, you know, my brain is everywhere. So focus me here and focus them here. And I don't always feel like doing it, but we do it and we've made it a habit and I'm thankful. It's a good, it's a good gift. And, and that's something my mother taught me. And my mother still, when I call her almost every single time I call her, my mother prays with me for whatever it is we talk about. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that, and I want to be that for my kids. What you were saying about how you want your your children to be able to come to you if they have a problem with you and feel okay talking to you first instead of spouting off to the cousins or whoever else, that sounds to me like something that doesn't just happen overnight. Right. Like you had to build that in over years of effort. Yes. And I had to be willing to see it. It it still isn't their first uh, their first instinct to come to me. I had to go to them first and say, "Did I hurt you when I said this? Or when I said this, what I meant was this? But I have a feeling that maybe you took it this way." And I had to be willing to to go to them first. I was wrong. So yeah, it's it's been a long time coming and also or I try to go to them 
first to get to know them and say, you know, let's talk about this. What, how do you feel about this? And when I say this, and, um, so knowing my kids was key to giving them the freedom to come to me. And then being someone who was approachable and to not defend myself because I, I'm a pretty good defense lawyer when it comes to my own sin. <laughs> um, and so being willing to just clamp my mouth shut and let them share what's on their heart and then be quick to apologize, quick to repent and to leave my excuses at the door. They don't need to know that I've had a bad day. They don't need to know where I am in my um, frustrations or physically how I'm feeling. I need to love them unconditionally. And so, yes, it was, it, it has been intentional and, and quite a journey. So, um, they're very gracious to me, my older three. <laughs> I was just telling my husband, um, I was like, it would be great if the Apostle Paul, when he said, children, obey your parents, would have then given us 12 steps. Like if there were a perfect plan for parenting, I believe that God would have given it to us. <laughs> I mean, God gave us his word and he gives us the Holy Spirit, but they are all so unique and so individual. And God created these kids in the image of God in a world marred with sin. And then he designed them for Jason and I, and he used us and created these little beings. And I, I remind our kids often, God has sovereignly chosen you to be in this family. Yeah. Well, you were, you were talking earlier about how um, you're just not sarcastic in your home because, you know, just the way that that can be perceived, you want your children to be able to believe what you say. And so even in a moment of frustration, you know, I'm, I'm tempted and yes, I've given into that temptation to, you know, let, let the boys know that I am frustrated with their behavior or, you know, whatever is happening. And it's, I mean, it's sad to admit that. Yeah. Because then, you know, like they, they do take that onto themselves. And like you said, try not to make excuses because, it, oh man, those excuses, they just pop right up. Like, yeah. oh, I've got a good one this time. Yes. Well, what a great moment for your kids to watch you deal with sin. Um, you know, we don't do them any favors to pretend that we don't deal with sin. And what a great opportunity for you to teach boys what practical Christian living looks like. One of the things I, I, we taught our kids how to do church and how to do church well. One of the things we struggled with is how to live Christ-like everywhere, not just in the church. And that's where we are right now even in just the past couple of weeks, trying to be more intentional. What does Christ-likeness look like in Target? And what does it look like at a basketball game? And what does it look like when you're doing laundry? And because we can all do church. You grew up in church. I grew up in church. I know what that looks like. I know how to do it. And I can do it quite well. But that's just one part of our week. <laughs> how do you live out Christ? every single day and you know dealing with sin that comes up is a huge part of our day you've mentioned your mom a lot and i i love that and i'm i was just wondering do you have any other role models in your marriage 
or in your parenting? When I first started, we were married and then three years later, we had our oldest daughter. And there were some ladies, when I was pregnant with my oldest, there were some older ladies at our church that uh, I used to go to Bible study on Tuesday mornings and then they would, they had a quilting group and they taught me how to quilt and they just let me be a part of their day. We would have lunch together and I, I knew how to sew, but I didn't know how to quilt. And so, um, Levanche and Audrey and Naomi all taught me how to quilt, but more than that, they just let me be a part of the day. These are women who had lived life and had life wisdom. And they would tell you they didn't live it perfectly and they lived it in the grace of God. But yes, I had people that I was so blessed to be under who just talked to me and befriended me and by God's grace, I had that opportunity. And throughout most of my parenting, God has given me a woman or women to emulate and to have as a part of my life. And I am, I am so incredibly thankful for that. And I, I want to be able to give that gift to other women someday to be able to help them on their journey because it's hard. And I, it wasn't that I needed theological help so much. I needed just practical. What does, what does the day look like with a baby? And how do I, how do I raise this kid? If you can put yourself under the wisdom of others, it is, it is a good thing. It's a good thing to learn from women. And that doesn't mean you have to emulate everything they do, but, and I wish I had listened even more. I wish that I had shut my mouth and absorbed their wisdom and their kindness. Did they reach out to you or did you take that first initial step of, hi, can I (laughs) come in here and learn how to quilt? (laughs) They reached out to me. Um, They would, one of them would come and pick me up actually and drive me and the Bible study or bring me home. And no, they were very intentional arranging out to me and I am, so grateful for that because that was completely of the Lord. I would not have known to, to reach out to them. I knew that that was a good biblical principle to, to the older women teaching the younger women. It's right. Um, and there haven't been a lot of women, though, in my life that these, this particular group of older ladies knew that that didn't mean they needed to sit down and have a Bible study. Don't get me wrong. I, I needed the Bible study. But more than that, in that moment, I needed practical, what does glorifying God look like when I'm changing diapers? What does glorifying God look like when I'm so tired of doing all the dishes? Um, And they gave that to me, and that was a gift. And yes, if you have that, you are blessed. And if you don't, seek that out. And if you are an older person who has wisdom, and you should give that, give that gift freely doesn't have to be lofty. It doesn't have to be amazing. For me, it was just somebody saying, how are you? Can I give you a ride? Want to stay and learn how to quilt? <laughs> and most of the quilting I did was just ironing. So that, that I could do. Even still, I teach piano lessons. And one of the moms, she just comes in and out. And I, I teach her daughter. And so I get like five minutes with her before the piano lesson and five minutes after. And 
those 10 minutes are often filled with her telling me what God is doing in her life, what she's learning, what she read, uh, ways that she's thankful. And I love those 10 minutes. And it is like a boost to me to have, and I don't even know if she knows that, that she's such a, uh, a mentor to me. Just to her, the things that she says are good and godly and kind. And even if we're talking about the weather, she's kind and grateful. And I love that. I want, I want that. I want yeah, I was going to ask how that mentor, uh, how that how that plays out now in this different stage of life. You're not pregnant or just have a right. newborn. Right. You've got the talls and the smalls, and yes. and just yeah, how that how that plays out now. Yeah, I think I do have to speak it out more. I'm not, you know, I'm not in the nursery anymore, and so I don't. It's harder to meet people because that's like where you meet people is nursery and you're in there all the time and so I have to intentionally seek that seek wisdom and and seek people that know know life better than me um I think that's what what somebody taught me is what you're looking for is somebody who has already done it and whether they did it badly or whether they did it well that will be helpful to you that knowledge and so it is something that I that I have to seek out more and be willing to pay back. I'm not, well, I'm older. I'm not old yet, but I also have raised toddlers. And so I have to be willing to seek out the the young women. And right now it's it's a lot of teenagers and, and I love it. I love that my kids are bringing in more kids. I just, I love kids. I love teenagers. I love those moments and and being willing to say hey how are you um I'm crazy Mrs. Packa and I would love to get to know you and it means I had to learn how to text I had to learn how to uh navigate various social medias and learn how kids talk and communicate and get to know them in their world and it's been fun but it's it's outside of my comfort zone to seek them out however I want to offer them if I can, what was offered to me and what's so precious to me. So I'm kind of in the middle where I desperately still need my mom and her and her friends and their wisdom. And I also desperately need to share that. I just can't get over how great it was talking to Ginny. First, it was nice catching up with her after being out of Minnesota for so long, but she's also just such a source of biblical wisdom for me as a wife and mother. And I haven't told her yet, but I'm already thinking that she will be a great guest in a future episode as well. Now, if this episode or any episode has been a blessing, I would be honored if you would share it with a friend who may benefit from it. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you were encouraged or challenged by something you heard. And I always love hearing from listeners. So please, please reach out at Tina Hornick on Instagram or at keepingmysanity.com. 